Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone. Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. I am very... I don't know. I don't know if I want to say happy sad jubilee i don't i don't know i have a lot of emotions with this episode because i am very happy to announce that this is our last episode of season 1 thank you all so much for all the love and the support and everything that has gone with it um season one was something I honestly could never have dreamed of in my entire life. The likes, the shares, the follows, the listens, the downloads, the interactions, the friends I've made, the conversations I've had over the last, oh God, four or five months have been absolutely life-changing. Um, to everybody that has supported this show, to my wife, to my kids, to my family, my parents, everybody, thank you all so much for being so supportive and dealing with a lot of my crazy and my bullshit <laughs> over the last several months. Um, I promised you when I set out on this journey that it wasn't going to be for nothing, and I really feel like it hasn't been for nothing. Um, and 
season two. I can't wait for you to see and hear the the guests we already have booked. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but season one ends today. Um, if you give me a week or so, we're going to have a, a special, special guest. Um, that's all I'm telling you right now. So, with that being said, it is January 1st, 2022. I thank you so much for being here. Um, season 1 ends on New Year's Day. How about that? And, you know, what a, what a better guest to end with than my good friend Brandon Bing. Brandon is killing it in the independent country scene. Um, this Florida native has a whiskey company in Bangtail Whiskey. That is, that is big things are coming in 22 for these folks. Um, the music is just killing too. He has friends that with names that you know. Mitchell Tenpenny, Morgan Wallen. This is not a nobody, folks. And if you don't know Brandon Bing, you gotta get on this train because you don't wanna you don't wanna catch this train late. That's what I'm saying. So I know this is a long-winded introduction. Brandon, thank you so much for being here. So this is recorded um, early December. Um, Brandon will be is in Vegas when we talked and um, getting ready for a weekend of fun and we're gonna talk about it in the in the conversation so um, yeah we recorded this a few weeks ago and you know what I've I've been so busy that the backlog has been great um, so most of these conversations you have heard are weeks after they've happened um, in season two that will not be the case I'm hoping <laughs> um, but without further ado, thank you so much to American Grit and Grace, Rowdy Roads, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Afterglow Boutique. Um, I got to thank Bangtail Whiskey. I got to thank Brandon Bing. Thank you so much. Thank you for a great season one, everyone. Without further ado, Brandon Bing. Brandon? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Hold on one second. I'm trying to get my, uh, my, ear, uh, my AirPods to... No problem. Sick. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Oh. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Uh, they're there, but that's not what I need. Come here. All right, let's see. Why is it not? Okay, I guess uh, I'm going to exit out of this real quick and do it from my phone. Okay. Oh, wait. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. Okay, now it's on there. Never mind. Yeah, it's on. All right, it connected. <laughs> cool, man. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Good. How was your, uh, how was your travel time? Oh, man, that flight was... <laughs> that flight was nuts. We, I was... I was... Uh, but... I was uh I left Orlando and uh 
flew into Kansas City, small airport to say the least. I'm going out and I'm like, okay, I get a prompt on Southwest that the, uh, you know, that the uh, flight was going to be delayed, you know, so I'm like, okay, I'll give me some like lunch. So I go up to this uh, pork and pickle place and I get up top and I'm, I'm getting food, place to order, they bring the food out. Then this lady that had recognized me, I guess, from the place, she's like, aren't you going to Vegas? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, she's like, she's like, they're boarding the plane now. She's like, change your plans. I'm like, what? So I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even sit down. I'm like talking to these other guys that were, that I met, they were from Texas. Um, and uh, they had just come back from this, this uh, hunt out of Iowa for some whitetail. And one of the guys there, his, uh, we were talking, you know, going over music and stuff and, I was going over my whiskey and, and the music and uh, the one guy is uh, the, I guess, well, I guess he'd be the father-in-law. So Colby Cooper is a up and coming act out of um, Texas. That's, that's getting a pretty uh, quick, you know, uh, following and everything like yeah. that recently. And uh, his daughter, this, um, this gentleman I met, his daughter is Colby's wife. Holy. So I was like, I was like small world, you know, in the middle <laughs> of Kansas city, Missouri, you know, <laughs> Right. Uh, here's my card, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So it was kind of funny, you know. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I was just with Kobe. He's like, you were. I pulled my Instagram, showing a picture, and he's like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago at the basement east when he was in Nashville, and yeah, man, it was just that was the first time I had a chance to really kind of like meet him and stuff. But uh, my uh, uh, you know, buddy, of my Wales that owns a Whale Tail Media, you know, it's um. His company does uh, a lot of music videos and stuff for, well, he, he did some stuff for Colby and did some stuff for Charlie and Gary out of Muscadine. He's done stuff for Co. Uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, just being in that circle and then at the same time, you know, being out in the middle around some other cats that are doing the same thing. It was just kind of coincidental that, you know, the circle was that small, you know, meeting some folks from Texas. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a that's a cool like you know small world kind of thing. Yeah, that's what we all said. We were all sitting there, the the, the five of them, and and me we were like, man, this world just gets smaller and smaller every day. And it's like, you know, you never know who you're going to run into where you are. So you always got to keep yourself got to be on your p's and q's, and uh, yeah, you know, you want to make sure that you always represent yourself um, the best way possible because your reputation is is everything. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people you know, can, can read through the bullshit and yeah, find absolutely. out if you, if you have a wrong intention. So they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, uh, slowly, but surely, or, or not even slowly, but surely sometimes expediently they'll, they'll separate themselves from a situation that they know is not um, a good one. If they know you have the wrong intent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> you know, with you, you know, you're unique, right? I think you're unique in a set in the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, you have so much going on. You know, you're a singer songwriter that, you know, to me is just killing it. You know, you've got some great material out there that to me, it's a damn shame that not more people have heard it. Um, yeah. You have your own brand of whiskey. You have, a, you know, what, a publishing company. You have, yep. you have all this, you have all this shit going on, man. Yeah. So how, did, yeah, I, uh, how where did it start for you? From the music or from the business or kind of just all of it or all of it. Yeah. How, how did you, you know, how did you become, you know, this, this person, where did, where did the music come from? Did the music come first and then everything else came second? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, like since I was about, 
five, six years old. Um, you know, I mean, music's been music's been a part of my life. I mean, probably since you know, I mean, really since I was in the in the kit in the oven cooking. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was it was uh it's always been a big thing. Uh, you know, my parents played a lot of music um, throughout my life. I was exposed to a lot of different genres. My dad um, used to be a DJ when he met my mom back in uh, that was he had met her when he was in um, Indiana at, at Purdue and they were at college together and he was a DJ out there. And then he had an opportunity as an intern uh, back in New York where he worked under CBS records and he did a lot of stuff, you know, during the, you know, late seventies and early eighties uh, in that, in that realm, trying to pursue that career, you know, at one point. And when it, you know, having all the experience he had with all the different, you know, artists and producers and being under, you know, the tutelage of, you know, Al Schumann. And then, of course, you know, uh, Clyde Davis wound up, you know, taking that over. And there you got Sony and everything like that to this day. But seeing all that progression um, and then seeing my dad's vinyl collection, you know, as, as a youth, uh, I had a lot of different opportunities to put my hands in different pots to kind of get a taste of different types of um, genres and appreciate the artistry of songwriting as well as the um, the artistry of, of the music behind the songs to that really, you know, I guess brought the whole dynamic or the, the, the vision of what the song stood for together emotionally, right? Because yeah. the music, a lot of people don't realize how impactful that is as much as the songwriting. You know, the artist uh, being the face in the forefront is, like you said, the brand, uh, but the songwriting and the lyrics and the the metaphors and the depth of that and then of course how that the different instrumentation how that has a um intertwining effect really draws the listener in and and so I, I played cello when I was young I played a little trumpet played drums for about seven eight years um and I played sports my whole life uh you know baseball since I was six and a multitude of other sports and so I think between having the exposure to you know team building you know, playing from baseball to basketball to golf and tennis and weightlifting and things like that. And then having the exposure of uh, music and working with, you know, uh, the percussion section to a full, you know, concert section, understanding what your contribution is, but also your place in line, right? I think a lot of people mm. have a tendency to um, sometimes they overstep. And sometimes they think that their shit doesn't stink. And I think you got to humble yourself. And you got to realize that there's always opportunity to grow. Um, there's always an opportunity to learn from somebody else that has a little bit more experience. And in doing so, that propelled me to really identify, like, you know, what I, like, who am I? You know, what is my skill set? What is my strength? What is my weakness? And I think that's where, when I was like eight, nine years old, you know, I was started to write when I was 13, 14, going through high school. I became a really strong writer. You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, in the top writing, I was uh, top one tenth of 1% of writers in the state of Florida, you know, my uh, junior year. And then I, I got an award for being the top writer in the state during my senior year. Um, so I had a lot of, I had a lot of opportunities um, to focus on my craft and the music kind of took a stand still because I was playing sports. I did do praise band in, in, um, in church on the percussion side, you know, for a few years when I went to college, but then once you got into college, there was just so much going on trying to figure out 
you know, life, you know, you're trying to figure out your identity from high school to college and being an adult, you're trying to meet new people. You're trying to figure out, you know, what you're um, trying to pursue as far as a career. And I was a finance background. um, And during the 08-09 housing collapse, that all took, that all went to the wayside because, you know, finance was just going into a recession. You know, everybody was pulling money out. Houses were underwater. So I was college kid, 22 years old, trying to figure out what am I going to do with this college student loan debt. And I knew music wasn't going to be the way that I was going to do it uh, at that point. So I uh, went into solar and then did that for a few years, met one of my best friends out of college. And uh, me and him started a solar company, All American Solar, back in 2015 after having a few years under our belt in the industry and it was kind of a perfect yin and yang because steve had the electrical engineering and the uh install background i had the finance and the sales and uh, public relations background so it just kind of complemented each other real well uh to both sides of the business we built that foundation um hired on employees you know built up a, a staff over 20 employees to date and um you know, that gave me my, my financial stability to pay off debts and um, buy a house. And then, of course, buy a second house because I had to buy a house in Nashville once I decided to take that leap and, and go up there full, you know, full time to pursue that passion. Yeah. Um, and the whiskey was something I've always been a connoisseur. You know, my mom's from Kentucky and, um, you know, I've always been a big bourbon guy, big uh, whiskey guy and, and uh, scotch guy and you know just I just never had the not the financial means I just didn't have the focus that that was going to be my career path because I knew that having my financial background and my uh, ability to to be a salesperson um, that that was going to definitely give me more opportunity in a quicker time frame than if I was distilling and, and going through that process right so I thought that I was just going to continue to just be a connoisseur of liquor in the, in the whiskey bourbon realm. And it was just going to be kind of like a hobby, but the music, when I built as my, you know, I came out with Sunday Funday, my first single 2019 worked with uh, my guitar uh, instructor slash um, producer, Jeffrey Bowen um, in Florida and a home base studio. And we, we cut that record, put that out to the universe And uh, it did relatively well for, you know, being my first whack at it. Got a lot of feedback. Um, A lot of people liked it. Had some people that were kind of like, okay, where's he going? You know, because a lot of people know my personality. I got more of that grit to me, just a little bit more of that um, raw, I guess, unfiltered kind of aspect. And the Sunday Funday didn't, even though it was a catchy song and it was good, it was a little bit more in the pop realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't my intent to, you know, come into being somebody that I'm not. It was just really my opportunity to put something out that I knew that was going to give me any opportunity to get some recognition and notoriety because Nashville has changed significantly yeah. um, over the years, you know, from from where it started to where it is now. You know, you had true storytelling you had the nineties country, you know, you had um, a lot of that old honky tonk, that roadhouse kind of vibe, you know, 
And then it just kind of turned into this pop culture. And now you got this fusion of pop and R&B and you got this, uh, you know, hip hop coming into it. And I have nothing against, you know, I tell people this all the time. I have nothing against if you're you're a pop singer or if you're an R&B singer, if you're a hip hop artist and you want to collaborate with a country artist. Like, I get that. You know, I understand bringing two genres together, Um, but I'm not. I'm not really in favor of the blend of those, those artists coming into country music, you know, from the standpoint of trying to be a country artist. Yes. Yes. I'm so, you understand I'm what so I'm glad. I think, oh yeah. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where my biggest pet peeve is really is like, you know, and I got a lot of great friends that are phenomenal musicians and artists, songwriters, et cetera. But like the ones that are like in the space and they are pop or they, you know, are R&B, like they know that and that's who they are. Right. But when you're coming in because, you know, hey, you're not as good as, a, you know, an Ariana Grande, for example, or you're not as good as, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a, like a Trey Songs or something like that, R&B or, you know, in hip hop, you're not like a, you know, um, like a Jay-Z or something or Eminem, you know, you, you know, your space. And when you find that you can't succeed there because the competition's so cutthroat, you're just seeing this window of opportunity because there's a way that you can create a fusion in country music. And I don't knock the hustle. I just don't, I don't feel that, you know, from a, if I'm drawing a general, you know, opinion on it, I, I, I don't feel that that's really, the right way because I feel like, you know, the, the ones that pioneered the genre, like, uh, you know, like Johnny Cash and Waylon, Merle and Patsy Cline, and even some of the the late writers such as like, you know, um, Billy Joe Shaver and, you know, John Prine and people like that, you know, like they, they'd be rolling around their graves right now, yeah, you yeah. know, because, you know, they just, that wasn't them. That wasn't, right. that wasn't what country music was. Country music was storytelling. It was, you know, real instrumentation. It was, you know, whether it was the bluegrass um, Western style where you had the, you know, or, or the folklore styles with the Americana blends where you got like the um, upright basses and the fiddles and the spoons and the things, or if you had like the Texas red dirt country where you had the, yeah. you know, or the, or the, you know, that had that Southern rock and roll blend where you had the, um, you know, the steels and, you know, just uh, different types of, you know, fiddle licks and, more classic traditional guitar playing and stuff like that, like the B benders and the, you know, stuff like the tellies and stuff, you know, those were, those were the elements that made the genre great. Yeah. So now you're bringing in these 808 drums and this heavy bass and this, this, the synthesizers and you're bringing in the clap tracks and the click tracks and it's catchy to the, the millennials and the, the next, what they call it, the generation Z, I guess the, yeah, yeah. the new, the Gen Z or whatever, you know, uh, because, it, it it stimulates them because they're used to the pop culture. They're used to the EDM house music, but that's, that's just, but again, you know, that's why those genres are those genres. So, right. You know, um, and for me, I, you know, I had the opportunity that after Sunday fun day, I did Florida man, which was my um, testament to trying to establish like a uh, Texas red dirt kind of feel um, the honky tonk feel being a, big line dancer and two-stepper. I did that a lot at the barn in Sanford, Florida, growing over, not growing up, but since I was 18 over the last 15 years, that was a big part of my life. 
And so I wanted to pay homage to that part of, uh, you know, part of my being in, in my lifestyle. Um, and then I did the Dying Breed Project, which was my opportunity to bring some of the influences of, you know, more of the rock and roll. I, I listened to a lot of rock and uh, alternative and metal growing up. So I was like, you know, how do I start to kind of bring some of these heavier guitars and some of these heavier um, drums into the, the mix, but still keep the country element without um, changing my authenticity, you know, yeah. staying true to myself and staying true to the music and just bringing different overdubs to add different textures and layers uh, and blending that in with the honky tonk pianos or the church organs or um, the mandolins or the banjos and things like that. And I think I found a way of doing it that created a unique blend and niche for me, which is where a lot of my music that people hear, you know, I've been getting, I think as my, my following is starting to grow more organically now that we're starting to transition out of this pandemic, um, I'm getting more people that are noticing and they're listening to a new release or a recent song. And then they're going into the catalog and Spotify or iTunes or Amazon or something. And they're like, man, I didn't know you were around the last three years. Like, how yeah. did I not know about you? And they're like, man, I listened to all your music. I, I was on the, on the road, you know, cause I drive on the road a lot. Da, 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 da. And they're sending me messages and I'm getting DMS and stuff from people, you know, say, Hey man, you know, I just want to let you know you, you inspire me or, you know, I really look up to you. And it's like, man, it's really humbling to get that type of feedback from people because it makes me want to just dig deeper in the under, you know, pull the next layer of the onion back to give them more uh, depth, more, more heart, more soul, uh, more rawness and more edge in the lyrics that I come up with and the stories that I'm telling. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's starting to come together like it should. So I, I think next year is going to be a special year and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because I wanted to touch on that and your sound and how, um, you know, in the big scheme of things is, is unique compared to, you know, Nashville country music, right? Yeah. You know, you, you get a lot of, you know, that Texas sound that, you know, being in this industry and really looking into things, I think that Texas sound is really starting to, grow some legs and hopefully expand a little more, mm -hmm. you know? So do you, do you, um, do you think that that's been part of, you know, your success where people will, will listen to a Kojo or a Whiskey Myers and then you're, you know, you're in that group of um, songwriting and storytelling that it just all coincides with one another. Yeah. I mean, cause I notice I look at the trends and the insights and it'll see like, when you see things like people that, listen to you, listen to so-and-so. And I've seen in different platforms, you know, when I'm reading and just kind of educating myself on the insights I get week to week, month to month, it'll be like, hey, people that listen to Brandon Bing also are searching for Cody Jenks or searching for Coulter Wall or searching for Co Wetzel or searching for, you know, like you said, Whiskey Myers or, you know, Turnpike Troubadour, you know. So it's like having – um you know, those influences and those other similar styles coinciding with my musical um, creation is, is cool because those are some of the influences there. You know, those are yeah. people that I, I love their music, um, just like, you know, Tyler Childers and Sturgill and, you know, uh, Charlie Crockett, you know, like I, I just love the dynamics and I love how they're creating their own separate you know, styles and spaces and ultimately they're making their own brands 
And, uh, you know, my, my goal is really to, to make my own, my brand, my, you know, you know, my vocal style, my, my writing style, my music has different elements from a lot of the, the acts that I just mentioned. Um, but it's like taking bits and pieces to create my own and then creating a culture or a community of, of like a cult following, right. With the, yeah. uh, with the umbrella of the Haas nation brand. So you got Haas Nate, you got Brandon Bing, the Haas nation is the community of followers. And then you got Bangtail whiskey, which is his whiskey. That is the, you know, that is the nightcap. That is the, the eight second ride, the drink that they get to, to, to be a part of that journey. And, you know, recently I've had that opportunity over the last, I guess, since I think it was like April or May, where I started working with uh, Justin Moore, having his support and uh, my buddy JR and Joey Gonzalez, you know, over at his team to support my whiskey with his Justin Moore podcast. So as people see that, and then of course I was just in Texas with, uh, you know, my buddy Megan Patrick and, you know, her fiance Mitchell Timpenny, you know, he, uh, you know, having their support and, you know, her coming out on the goose hunt with me down in uh, Knox City, Texas. I've been, my whiskey's a part of the uh, Big Honker podcast at the uh, Stanfield Hunt Lodge and also uh, Brandon Morell with um, Backstage Pass. So, you know, as I'm, as I'm creating these relationships and I'm getting these opportunities for my, my, my brand and, and my whiskey to coincide and cross, you know, um, cross brand my music simultaneously, people are, are identifying. It's like, if you find the, the whiskey first, you're going to get to the music. If you get to the music, you're going to find the whiskey. And then you're going to realize yeah. if you come to a show, you're getting all of it. You're getting the music, you're getting the, the Haas nation merch, you're getting the whiskey, you're getting the, the, the raw uncut experience with me given the one liner com- comedic punchlines in the middle of between songs when I'm talking out the side of my ass or, you know, or, you know, or you're getting the the rowdiness that you're looking for to give you the energy to know that 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 ticket that you bought was was worth every penny. And then you get the the one on one interaction when I finish the show, and I come down and I'm and I'm shaking hands and rubbing elbows and taking shots and taking pictures and you know signing autographs or whatever just to show my appreciation for the people that have taken time out of their schedules out of their out of their lives with their families to. Uh, to listen to my music for 30 minutes, an hour or 90 minutes, you know, and, and hopefully come again. And, and I've recently had a few, you know, families or, or people who have come to two and three shows in a row, you know, yeah. and seeing that that's, that's reaffirming to me that I'm, I'm doing the right things to, to um, continue to move in the right direction. Yeah. You know, it's, <coughs> it's, it's great how you know successful you've become because it's you know it really is the all-american story right and it's <laughs> you know you get to do it all and you know i know you mentioned some other podcasts but let's let's not kid ourselves they're they're no boots and whiskey i mean yeah they're, they're close <laughs> yeah but, yeah but you know no boots and whiskey it, it's um it's great that you're getting this recognition that you you know you really do deserve yeah no, I, I mean, like I said, I'm really, uh, you know, I, I never for a minute ever take it for granted. And uh, I think for me, it just, like I said, each time that any opportunity presents itself, any relationship that I get an opportunity to build, I take it to heart. And I, you know, I foster that relationship. 
I take all the feedback and the criticisms and I'm constantly, I'm constantly kind of like, you know, I'm a big, I was a, you know, I'm a big Colts fan <clears throat> and uh, Peyton Manning was a big, you know, influence, inspiration to me, you know, growing up, you know, watching him come from, you know, University of Tennessee and, and, you know, going to getting drafted by the Colts and seeing that whole experience, you know, I've, I've watched so many documentaries and stuff and, uh, you know, seeing his, when I went to, uh, I had dinner with him a few years back, uh, during the, uh, he did a chalk talk. It was him and, um, Dallas Clark and Stokely and a few others. And, uh, we were in Indianapolis and, you know, just hearing him like express like the time that he took, you know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning, getting up, you know, doing what he had to do and then sitting in the film room, you know, for a few hours watching tapes over and over again. It was like, no matter how many times he played an opponent, no matter how many times he played, it didn't matter what, like he just, it was constantly focusing on perfecting his craft of being the best quarterback, you know, coming, having the best play calling at the line of scrimmage to change, you know, audibles and hot routes and things like that. And so that was the same thing, like taking that sports has been a big part of my life. So everything I use, everything I do in my businesses, everything I do in my music, I always correlate to sports. I, I look at the competitive advantage. What do I need to do to always maintain the competitive advantage to be ahead of the curve of the people I'm competing against? You know, who are the ones that, are my biggest targets and how do I make sure that I consistently um, perform and outperform my opposition so I don't lose any of any of my momentum. And yeah. that's, that's so important. And I think so many people take it for granted because I've noticed in Nashville, you get a thousand, you know, you got thousands of great guitarists and drummers and, you know, vocalists and writers and, you know, they, people, male, female, young, old, white, black, you know, they're all coming in and out all the time and they're they're looking at these opportunities and they're just coming in and it's like they they want the glitz and the glam and the stardom and the red carpets and their awards but it's like there's so many of them that are also you know not willing to put in the the work don't have the work ethic you know they 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 like the it's like it's like i tell people you like the idea of wanting to be you know a country music sensation you don't yeah you don't really understand necessarily maybe to some degree to get to where you got, but then you reach a point where you plateau and you feel like that's good enough. And you don't want to go that much further because maybe you're like, Oh, that's just too much extra work, you know, or, you know, having to show up for a meeting or fly to this town or be at this gig or play this festival last minute when they call me, you know, you, you, you take those opportunities for granted and the window of opportunity is narrow. So yeah. if you don't take advantage of every opportunity that's put in front of you, no matter what the uh, sacrifice you got to make, if you don't do it, somebody else will. And that person that does is the one that's going to get the next step to get to the next step to open the next door to, to continue to move the needle. And eventually you're going to get lost, you know, uh, in the process and you, yeah. your opportunity is gone forever. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it, I think that puts you apart from a lot of, a lot of the rest, right? Cause you're, you know, you're not that way. You're, you know, as you, as you've talked about, and as you know, anybody that follows you sees like you're, I've never, you know, in, in since doing this and seeing independent artists, I've never seen, you know, somebody work as hard as you do, you know, so, so out in the open, right. Yeah. That is constantly showing and posting and like, this is what I'm doing and this is where I am. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, that, and, you know, you, and then with that, you see the fruits of your labor, you know, like, 
mm-hmm. like with the whiskey, like with the partnerships with, you know, Justin Moore and others, you know, it's, it, it's unbelievable. It really, really is. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I need, I need to talk about the whiskey because sure. so I, whiskey. You're right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how much of the story, you know, about how I stumbled across you or how you and I got into contact. No, I don't actually. <laughs> um, so Rick Lynn sent me your way. Okay. Um, so he said, you know, you get, you got to talk to my buddy, Brandon. He's, he's, you know, he's doing the music thing. He's got some whiskey. He goes, you know, you'd love him. So I was like, all right, well, you know, what the hell? Give it a shot. And, you know, he wasn't wrong. Um, so how, how did you start the whole bangtail whiskey thing? Where, where is it distilled? How is it being done? What does it taste like? Yeah. So, so what happened was like, I was actually with one of my buddies, Vincent Laspada. He did some, uh, he does some video stuff for me when I'm back in Florida every now and again. And, uh, you know, he's been with me over the last four or five years during this journey through Nashville. Um, and one of a mutual friend of ours, Chris, uh, he's in the hip hop world and we were having a call one day. We were, I remember we were at, we were at, um, we were at Vinny's uh, family's for, I think it was like a birthday party. I think his, I think I want to say his, his niece was having a birthday party and they were doing like get together anyway. We we're eating food. We we're sitting on the couch and we're just talking. We we're like, Hey, let's call Chris, see what he's doing. We want to go, you know, hit him up. And um, in the midst of that, you know, Chris was like, you know, Brandon, you got this, you got your brand, your music's great. I love this. He's like, you know, would be he's like, you know, it would be so cool. He's like, you always are drinking whiskey. He's like, you love your wild turkey. And he's like, he's like, you're always talking about whiskey whenever you're playing shows around. You know, that's like everybody knows you for that. He's like, why don't you have your own? And I was just like, you know, I've always wanted to because, you know, like I said, my mom being from Kentucky and my, my Nana, you know, uh, God rest her soul, she passed away a while back. But, you know, the thing about it was that was just like a big part of my family um you know big part of my family you know just and uh and I always wanted to do something to just honor her and I never had a chance to and then he reached out was like doing some research we started we all started digging online found some distillers in Florida I met up with my master distiller Jose Aponte at JLA Distillery and uh, me and him got together And uh, next thing you know, he's like vetting me, you know, obviously because he doesn't want to just like go put his neck on the line for somebody that he doesn't know. And he wanted to make sure I was legit and so on and so forth. So then, you know, I I brought to him a flavor profile because of, you know, just me being a connoisseur of like what I was looking for. And me and him built the built the recipe and the formula together. And, uh, you know, so it's a 90 proof premium. It's a sweet corn mash. So it's like, it's corn liquor. So it's kind of like, you know, if you like moonshine, you know, um, mm-hmm. I want to keep it back to the traditional roots, you know, of that like Appalachia coal country kind of vibe. Yeah. And then I uh, wanted to bring certain notes, you know, like some big wild turkey guy, I love Eagle Rare, um, some other, you know, brands out of Kentucky that, that are really, you know, um, 
enjoyable to me that are in my collection. So I was like, what are some of the notes that I can take in the flavor that, that stand out to me that I think would stand out to other people. And so it has a um, number three American white Oak with a medium char. So it's got a nice little smoky flavor in the middle. It's got a caramel spice. It's got a caramel spice, no artificial flavors, no artificial sweeteners. Um, Everything's a hundred percent, you know, natural Uh, comes from like local farmers out of Florida. Um, It's got a, you know, um, corn based wheat. Um, It's all handcrafted and distilled through a six chamber, three inch, um, uh, you know, still Um, everything's soaked on the oak. Um, And yeah, just kind of really smooth, you know, flavor. Um, And it's not barrel aged because it's not bourbon. I mean, you can barrel age whiskey too, but it's a barrel aged. I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's aged on oak chips and it's an open totes. And because we constantly are like moving it and then filtering it out, pulling the sediments and things like that. I think it just adds a little bit more purity to the the taste of it. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like what's really cool is I've had a lot of uh, women that are big wine drinkers and vodka and tequila drinkers that would never trust. If it's brown, they're not going to touch it. You know, they're never going to touch <laughs> a whiskey or a bourbon, right? And yeah. they, you know, they love it. They love it. Yeah. They love the smoothness of it. They love the uh, – it warms up on the back, but it's not pungent because it's not a sour mash. It's not bitter. Um, it's got a sweet flavor because it's a sweet corn instead of a traditional corn. Yeah. Um, so just all those little, those little notes are the things that make it uh, an enjoyable, you know, experience. And um, you know, it tastes it's it's good if you like. Uh, I like to drink my my whiskey, you know, straight. So I you know I, I do it neat, you know, or on or on a whiskey rock. Uh, but it's it's great as a Kentucky Mule. It's great as a uh, old fashioned. It's great as oh. a Manhattan. Boulevardier. I have a custom bangtail cocktail uh, that's also used that uses like egg whites and like um, absinthe and uh, acid spray and like a black walnut, you know, um, bitter. So you know, I got some, I got some uh, different recipes that are on my bangtail.com website that people can watch videos and and make cocktails and kind of get deeper into the the roots and the experience of you know what the brand is and what it stands for and uh yeah so i mean that's that's really the the background of it um the original whiskey was called stockyard had an issue with a trademark so if anybody goes on the social to see stockyard people that followed me from the beginning know stockyard they know the change because they've been a part of it but now it's bangtail and i did a name change i think that i got the trademark under bangtail i think that was actually a blessing in disguise um because the the bangtail name is is super marketable yeah. um, and in western rodeo i'm actually i just came out here to uh vegas i just got to vegas uh and uh me and my my buddy um uh, rob harvell you know we're out here at the uh gonna be here for the nfr and uh ufc fights and they got the uh, bull riding championship and you know the bangtail name goes right hand in hand with that and that culture because in in western rodeo you know, um, in Saddle Bronc, you know, when the horse, a wild Mustang horse is also called a bangtail. Yeah. And so uh, we got that. And then in English riding, you know, they dock the tails uh, during hunter jumper and stuff like that. So I hit both demographics. Plus I hit that whole blue collar, you know, that, that working class military, you know, I, just all the things that I stand for between blue collar farming and ranching and uh, military, everything's right there, you know, under one umbrella and, 
it's really cool to see those people come to shows and, you know, be excited and drink the whiskey and enjoy the music and be a part of that, that, you know, that community, the community that we're trying to build under the, the Haas Nation brand. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because when I talked to Rick about you and he was telling me all about your whiskey and stuff, that's kind of how it all started. Um, you know, my plans for season two, I was starting to talk to him a couple of weeks ago about my plans for season two and, we're going to do like in-depth whiskey reviews and, you know, videos and the whole nine yards. And he says to me, he goes, you got to do Bangtail. And I said, dude, I live in New England. Like oh. I can't get, I can't get that anywhere. Like it's it just, I, I can't get it. And uh, he was like, well, let me, let me work on it. I'll, I'll get, I'll get you a bottle and I'll send it to you. So I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for him to do that. Yeah. Um, because I like, you know, from what he's up in uh, Massachusetts. From, yeah. So also, there's a website. Uh, I got I got picked up in Total Wine in Florida, but there's a a, a liquor store in Sanford um, called Easy Liquor. Okay. So if you go to the letter E, the letter Z, liquor.com and type in Banktail, they ship it nationwide. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Awesome. So that's kind of cool because when I'm on the road, because I'm I'm working on. I just got picked up by Atlanta Beverage over in July for the whole state of uh, Georgia. So we're going to be doing a rollout in the new year. And then I also got picked up by Athens distributing for the whole state of Tennessee. So we're going to be rolling out Nashville and Chattanooga and Knoxville and stuff like that uh, in the new year as well. I just haven't had all the inventory that I have is what's is what they have in those stores because they bought out all my you know inventory. I haven't even gotten product to Tennessee yet because I haven't had bottles since July because yeah, of the that's supply, a... yeah, the supply chain shortage with the ports and all that stuff. I can't get glass. But my glass is going to be coming the beginning of the the middle of January. And so I was uh, on the call with Jose yesterday talking about, you know, what are we going to do to ramp up? Because I'm going to have to have a timeline to bottle instead of logistics. So I get truck drivers to, you know, pick up and deliver to these distributors in Georgia and in Tennessee so that we can properly, you know, come up with a timeline to do the the hard release you know, roll out to the communities and the liquor stores. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, when that comes, let me know because I'll help you ramp it up too on my end because I've yeah, got I appreciate people, that. I got people all over the place and you know, it's, it, I, you know, when I finally do get my hands on a bottle, if you want to come on and do a, do a review, a live review with me, I'd yeah. be more than happy for that to happen. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I know you're busy, so I got a couple more things for you. You know, yeah, I really appreciate your time. Um, so you being there this weekend, are you performing? Are you there to kind of like rub elbows, shake hands? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, elbow rubbing for sure, because there's going to be a lot of opportunities, a lot of people that, you know, I got a lot of uh, artist buddies here, industry people here, and then also in the Western world with Lucchese and Resistol and things like that, there's, so I'm going to be meeting with different people for to discuss different opportunities and stuff like that. So we'll see how that translates. I got buddies performing, you know, obviously, you know, I have my guitar with me too. So, I mean, if there's an opportunity to get up and do a couple, I'm always, I'm always down to do that. And, yeah. uh, you know, it usually happens here and there. So it's like, it just depends on, you know, the thing is right now is what's different here compared to being in Nashville or Florida or some of the other States that that we're in is they're a little bit more strict out here with their protocols and, requirements because of the COVID situation. So yeah. um, I kind of have to just, you know, 
be easy about that part of it, which is no big deal. I mean, like I said, at the very least I get to enjoy it with some good friends and uh, create some new relationships and, uh, you know, prepare some stuff for the, the, the months ahead and coming into the new year. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, this is a great opportunity for you. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, come the, come 2022 and, you know, I, being in the hospitality industry myself and in sales and that sort of thing, I think 2022 is going to be a year that a lot of people aren't expecting. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful for that. And I think it'll just help you and everybody else in, in the music world and, you know, the whiskey world to really amp up and really make 2022 your, your bitch, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a go. I'm going to knock the, I, I said, I'm going to kick the doors off. And, yeah, uh, I'll have to you'll have to wrangle up that little Sal, you know. Absolutely, make that bitch my bitch, right? That's right, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, so, um, I like to ask, you know. Obviously, I know I know Bang Tail is is your baby, right? But if yeah. you're not if you're not drinking your own brand, what are you drinking? Wild Turkey. It, has it always been Wild Turkey? Was that what yeah. you were introduced to? And it's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was just kind of my, you know, Wild Turkey was a big deal for me. You know, uh, I've always liked the one-on-one um, mm-hmm. and I and I love the rare breed. I got the Master Keep. I got, um, you know, different, you know, of the uh, single barrel, like the small batches and stuff like that. You know, I just I just love the uh, I love the taste of it. I, I like stuff that's more pungent. I'm not a I'm not a guy into sweet. You know, I'm not a big. Like there's people that like Crown and they like Crown Apple and they like the you know the, the, the all the the stuff with all like the liquors like the Jack Fire and and, and yeah. Jack Daniels I don't like because it's just it's so bitter you always have to mix it that's why the the staple is Jack and Coke or ginger, yeah. Jack and Ginger you know what I mean um, I, I like I said I do I am uh, a connoisseur of other uh, brands I, I do like um, I do like Eagle Rare I like Whistle Pig. Uh, which is, you know, Canadian. I like um, Rabbit Hole. Um, we'll see. I mean, I like uh, Johnny Walker, Blue Label, which is really good. Um, I, I am a uh, a Pappy's guy, you know, but obviously when you get into that, that's a different ball game, a connoisseur, because it's, it's not cheap by any means. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I like uh, Bland's is good. You know, Bland and, and Bullet's pretty, you know, Bullet's not too bad, but I like Bland's over Bullet, but again, Bland's is is, is hard to, uh, to come by, you know, they're, they're, they make small batches. Woodford, um, I like Woodford, but I like the, uh, double O, you know, and, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm always open to like, you know, I've tried a lot of different ones, you know, I, a lot of bars I go to don't carry a lot of those brands, unfortunately. So a lot of times you'll wind up seeing me have, uh, me drinking, um, you know, Jameson, because I'm not going to drink Jack, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, between English, Canadian and Irish whiskeys and, and bourbons, uh, I have a pretty well, you know, a, a really strong grasp on that. And, um, you know, I've definitely tasted the multitude of everything from, from any, from any spectrum from cheap to expensive. So, you know, wild Turkey is definitely not the one one is not a, an expensive brand, by any means, but it's for some reason, I just like that one-on-one hit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a couple of bottles that are kind of ready to go for season two or, or, for what we're doing. 
and I haven't yeah. opened them. I have, you know, I want to make them as authentic of a review as possible, you know, because some yeah. of them I haven't had. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I got a bottle of Yellowstone that I've, I've never tried and I keep hearing how good it is. So I'm kind of yeah. looking forward to that. Um, you know, I've, I've got a bottle of Buffalo Trace, but I mean, I've had that before. And, yeah. Um, yeah, Buffalo. I've never really been a Buffalo Trace guy. Just like Angel's Envy, like I've never really been. A, I've even had Heaven's Door. You know, Bob Dylan's. I, it doesn't really. It doesn't do nothing for me. You yeah. know. Yeah. I'm not. You know, like I'm not a Jim Beam guy. I, I just. I mean, if you're at a concert festival and the other guy is Jack or Jim, well, I'm gonna drink Jim Black because, and that's the hardest that they got. And you know, I'm definitely gonna be mixing it with, you know. Well, I mean, I'll put a splash of Coke. Again, like I said, I don't really like sweet in my. I, I hate I, for some reason sugar in my in my whiskey or my bourbon just drives me totally turns me off. Yeah, it just I want to have the 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 bold flavor and I want to taste the notes against the ice. And it, it even sucks when you're at a you know a bar and they only got you know ice. They don't have whiskey rocks or whiskey balls. You know. Because yeah. you don't, it, it, it melts different. Yeah, it waters yeah. it down versus getting the notes being pulled out of the the flavor. Um, so uh, the flavor profile. So, so in a lot of cases, I want them drinking it neat. But then it's like sometimes you want to just get a little fucked up, and you can't get fucked up if you're drinking it neat <laughs> yeah. unless you just want to start shooting it. And then it's just like, so you right. start putting it on ice. Yeah. So it's just like that's kind of my mindset, you know. Yeah. Now, do you prefer the balls or the cubes? Honestly, I prefer the ball. Yeah, I do too. I yeah, do too. I mean, I the cubes I... aren't bad, don't get me wrong, but the ball is where it's at. I mean, I just think because one thing that's good about the ball, again, too, is it it, it rolls. Yeah. It, it rolls in the glass. So when you're swishing it around, because you can't swish around the cube, really. I mean, you can, no, but right. it, it's not the same. It, it doesn't do the same. And I think the way it melts is different. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't really know how to test that, but I would have to say that it has an impact. I'm sure a master sommelier could could definitely you know put their uh, their expertise into that one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's you know for the ball, you know, I mean when it melts, it melts around itself. You know, there's yes, you know, it, it it it's circular, so it's you know yeah. it's just melting nicely. You know, with the yeah. with the cube, it's you know it's edged, it's rigid, it's yeah. And it sits yeah. on top. Right. It sits on right. top because, the, the you know, and then, you know, you have some bartenders that you have a lot of good bartenders that know how to do good pours, you know? Yeah. And there's other bartenders that just do shitty pours. Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you, how do you right. not know how to pour right, a, a good pour, you know? Right. Um, right. <laughs> but what well, I would no, love I... to do is make a, a cigar to go with. I would oh, love to make my, my own line God. of cigars one day to go with my bourbon once I get the bourbon. Well, I mean, you're in the perfect place in Florida to do that, from what I understand. Yep, I am. You know, so. and I and I have a few contacts already from some some tobacco, uh, you know, groups and a couple of those like the, the Coronas and cigar shops and stuff like that that have contacts that have talked to me about it. But I just gotta, you know, like I said, this whole um, last year and a half has had a big impact on a lot of people in a lot of different yeah. industries. So it's just been one of those learning curves, I guess. And it's, I feel like yeah. it was necessary in a sense. As much yeah. as we don't like it, it definitely kind of gave you a reality check to see where your value is, and it gave you a chance to kind of hit the refresh button and and really self reflect to figure out what your your goals are going to be in the years ahead. 
um, and, and how you're going to attack them with precision. Yeah. Now, my last question for you, boots, what are you wearing? Luke Casey. Right now I'm wearing a new pair of, um, well, these are not new, new, but they're probably about, I don't know, two, three months old. It's probably the newer pair of boots I got recently. It's a pair of um, green, uh, green stage colored um, ostrich, Fuquil ostrich boots. Nice. Casey. Um, but, but when it comes down to, but when it comes down to, you know, me wearing boots, the only pair, of, the only brand of boots I'm going to wear is a pair of Lucases. Yeah. You got, you got the style, Brandon. That's it. You got to wear the Lucchese boots. I, I'm a Lucchese guy. I'm a, I wear my Stetson hats. Um, and, uh, you know, even with the Stetsons, you know, you know, I, with, with the, uh, Beaver fur, you know, I want to make sure it's either going to be, a, you know, like a, at least a 50 or a hundred X. Yeah. Um, I got a couple 500s. I guess I got a thousand X, you know, silver belly. Uh, some of them are more occasional hats, you know, but, but Lucchese's man, it's like, it's like driving a Cadillac. You're like on a cloud. It molds. It gets better with age. Um, yeah. I always send them back to them every, every now, every now and again to get them resold from the boot factory in El Paso. And uh, I get my hats shaped down there at the uh, at the hat store in uh, Houston by old man Vern. He he shapes my hats for me. So that's awesome. I wish I yeah. could pull off a hat. I just I I don't I don't have it. I don't have the head for it. <laughs> hey, I got a big <laughs> noggin, seven and five eighths. Get yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy your time in Vegas, and I look forward to chatting with you again and doing the whiskey thing with you and. And you know, hopefully one day sooner rather than later, meeting in person and having 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 some drinks together. Yeah, man, we're gonna have to have some shots, come to a show or something like that, and uh, yeah. we'll have a good time. Hell yeah! Thank you again so much, Brandon, for your time, and I hope you enjoy the rest of Vegas. Yeah, I appreciate you having Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, ahead, Bubba. Same to same to you, Ben. Thanks, dude. All right, good night. Well, there you have it. Season one is over. Thank you again. Unbelievable. Brandon Bing, thank you, thank you, thank you for your for your time and your love and generosity. Um, I look forward to seeing you in season two for our whiskey review together. Hopefully we can make that happen and make that a reality. Uh, if not, maybe we'll do it in season three, right? Um, it's going to happen, though, I promise you. Um, uh I'm trying not to tear up because this this has meant so much to me and to all of you I can't I really can't thank you enough um, without you there is no show without the love and support of my family my friends there is no show so thank you to everybody um, thank you for all the follows the likes everything you've done um, I hope to see you all in season two I promised the month of January was going to go by fast. I will send you, I will put out things so that you remember we're here. Um, and if something major comes up, we will release it before season two starts. I promise. Um, if there's a show that I review, we'll do reviews. There's a lot of things that'll come. I promise you. Season two is going to be bigger and better than season one. And season one was pretty kick-ass. Um, so until we see you 
February 1st, January 31st, whatever that Monday is, but I think it's January 31st. Keep those boots on the ground. Keep the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone. Good night. Enjoy the next couple of weeks. Happy New Year. Here's to a great 2022. Good night.